Welcome everyone live from the Dutch Hall. I'm your host Pete Van Dyke and on this week's show we try to redeem ourselves after scathing reviews from last week's show. This week we had a full house. We had two great guests. From the McCartney years we have professional musician Braden DeCumin. Here, let's hear it everybody. We have the winner of the Brantford Comedy Festival's Rising Star Contest. A man who's open for Jeremy Hotz. The com- comedian Tyler Shaftsma is here in the house. Let's hear it for him. As always, not always, as we found out last week, we have our house band, the Nocturnal Emissions, Mike Bowen, Dave Charters in the house. And my, and my bartender, Paul Van Dyke's here. And we'd like to welcome everyone live on Periscope. Let's get this thing started, boys. Let's play the theme song. All right, let's do this thing, guys. Cheers. Cheers, old school, eh? Jagger bombs. Surprise <laughs> playing a guitar, Pete. You can't get out of a Jagger bomb, I guess. Too busy, eh, boys? We'll do it after. All right, welcome, welcome. Hot crowd in the Dutch Hall. Welcome everyone live from the Dutch Hall. I'm your host, Pete Van Dyke. As I said before, we have a great show for you tonight. We, we decided after last week's horrible, horrible debacle where I lost my entire, my entire staff, my entire cast, let me down. They left me in the lurch with I a show on it. Thursday night. We couldn't even get my bartender. I couldn't get my band. Hey, Pete, you had a beautiful woman by your side, though. I did, I did. I was very lucky, but I got what the problem was. I got caught up in her beauty. I got caught up in the romance of the event, and what happened was we ended up being subject to our most scathing reviews in the history of life from the Dutch Hall. Scathing, scathing. We'll get to that on feedback. We got feedback, and I, you know what I blame on all this is I blame you, sons of bitches. <laughs> all three of this you. Is bullshit. That's harsh. That's harsh. What? And you'll find that out actually later on when we when I read you the feedback we got. That uh, I'm not alone in my thoughts. That song? What? Oh, it's no, it's not time. It's oh. not time. Hold it together. I'm a little rusty, eh? Yeah, Jesus. For a house band, you put down your guitars immediately after the theme song, <laughs> right? And you think that if you're musicians in a in a show, you know, if I was like on uh, the Tonight Show and I had my band sitting there, and then all of a sudden I go to them for like a stinger or maybe like a we break in a song and you can't follow it, you know, if all of a sudden I just started to sing, don't stop believing, I want some someone to support me you know it's the least you could do we're so into listening to you talk oh yeah that's interesting right <laughs> i heard a band you know without you i'm just a i'm just a, some a guy going insane like whistling in the wind you know on on the <laughs> show from the dutch hall. what periscope too. We're double periscope oh it's right a now. double periscope it's unprecedented on life in the dutch hall history that we are live on periscope not only on uh, live from the dutch halls the dutch hall on periscope but we're also live on Rooster 2K7, is that your handle, Dave? Let's go by Dave Charters. Dave oh, Charters on Periscope? Full name. Oh, that's your full name, and eh? Now you're really out there. Now you've said who you are and everything. This is going to ruin your, your whole yeah, cushy thing. Fucker right in the pussy. <laughs> <laughs> we are kind of... You're done, Dave. <laughs> you know, I understand. I understand the other jackasses in this room doing stuff like that, but, like, you, you're a man of industry, Dave. Yeah. You have stuff to lose. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll share my opinions on what you guys say, and then we'll know that I'm a 
upstanding citizen. Staunch You're Catholic. Right, okay. as, okay. Yeah, staunch Catholic Big and upstanding C. citizen. I have always sold Dave Charters for what he is on this show, and that is a staunch Catholic and a family man and all that stuff, just so he doesn't lose his job. The truth of Dave <laughs> Charters, I've always kept secret. I've always kept that to myself because I don't want to ruin your stuff, but you are a horrible person, and we all know that, Dave. Hey, Rainy Media, how are you doing? Oh well, hey, Rainy Media, you might actually be happy. I think I'm following a format this time that he'd like because I have a guest. I actually have yes. two guests. This is unprecedented. Yeah, I'm two guests on live from the Dutch Hall tonight. But before we get to introducing our guests, I just wanted to kind of go into the week that was, and for the cast of the Dutch Hall, it was a big week. You guys all let me down last week. Paul, my bartender, my my confidant. No, man, I was in Hilton Head, South Carolina. Hilton Head. Hilton Head, South Carolina. So I like to say we sent our bartender to uh, the States, to Hilton Head. And how'd you make out? Well, I sported the Dutch Hall t-shirt one day, for sure. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Spreading the word down there? Oh, yeah. Spreading the word. No no one's heard of you. (laughs) (laughs) I did have a... It's not in Hilton Head? Come on. No. No no listeners there. But I did have some listeners in Georgia, and I thought maybe it was was because of of you spreading the word down there. Oh, maybe. Or I might have been checking in. I might have been checking in. Oh, was that you in Georgia? Did you stop in Atlanta? Yeah. Well, no, not Atlanta, but no? Georgia. Oh yeah. Anyway, so did you? What? What was the highlight of your trip? Did you catch any? Did you catch any fish? Yeah, we went shark fishing from the beach with the kids. Uh, caught some black tip sharks, some um, starfish. It was a great time. Did you hit the strip joint down there? No. No. <laughs> now, did you did the like when? Uh, it's a weird place. The turtles are hatching, right? So sea turtles are coming to the beach to hatch. So it's like lights out at nine o'clock. That island is black, and if you don't know where you're going, you're on bicycles, drunk on bicycles. Right? You can't. You don't know where you're going. Did you Did you go to the outfitter and rent some nice bicycles for the family, Paul? Oh yeah, well, family bicycles suited them all up. I That's asked, awesome. I asked a stupid question like, um, kids' helmets. Where are their helmets? Like. Don't you get helmets with them? And the guy's like, we ride motorcycles without helmets, like street bikes. <laughs> yeah. On a you, bike path, we're not worried about You want a bike helmet? Bicycle. What? On a bicycle? I said, ah. Oh, it. It's funny. It's funny right for me there. that you yeah. are the, you Dumb are Canadian. the, <laughs> like, I wouldn't expect that from, from you. I would expect the opposite. Paul's I, asking for helmets, right? Yeah. I, Paul asking for helmets is kind of a surprise to me. I thought you would have been more the one. What do you mean we got to wear helmets? You know, my kids are smoking cigarettes back there. The helmets <laughs> gets in the way. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, their lungs might be hurt, but their head should be safe. Yeah, yeah. I know. I'm just kidding, Paul. But you, the, the, so it was a good trip, none, nonetheless. Oh yeah. I Did you fit in trip. with the people down there? Um, you know. <laughs> <laughs> no. It was a it was a ritzy uh, it was ritzy island, and I'm more yeah. Blue but collar. I, but beach. I love the beach. I love the ocean. The tide. Yeah, yeah. Out, was there a lot of more people that you related to there on the beach fishing in the most there, there was a few right and then walking down the beach during the day with the kids you'd hear hey ontario right it's yeah. me right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the one guy got kicked off the beach for catching too many sharks because kids are gonna swim in the next hour right? oh and he's like uh, luring the sharks in don't they have signs everywhere that say no shark fishing or well, shark fishing yeah, not allowed. You're, you're supposed to. Yeah, it's illegal to fish for sharks, but it's the only thing you catch. <laughs> yeah, but so you can say, yeah, I'm fishing for whiting, but the only thing that bites a hook is a shark. Oh yeah, oh, we caught shark whiting. Is stingray, whiting, or did you eat anything? 
No, no, no. Just caught a couple sharks with the kids, and it's fun for them to try to reel them in. Charters and, and I were Charters and I were down in Hilton Head a few years ago, and we we uh, we went fishing, same thing, shore fishing like that, where you just we went to Walmart, bought like a twenty dollar rod, like one of those big long rods, and then uh, just cast it into the, with shrimp on the end. Is that what you did yeah, with weights? Go to the gas station, get shrimp, and a two yeah. ounce weight, and yeah. throw her as far as you can throw her. And we we caught. We caught whiting the one day, and we ate it for breakfast. Remember that? That's right. And we caught bluefish also. Yeah, bluefish as well. And no, we, no sharks. We didn't catch one shark. No, we saw one guy catching a shark, but that was it. And and we looked, we were fascinated by it. But we never caught one ourselves. No, that guy, the guy I was fishing with, kept on saying, "If you catch whiting, keep it. It's good eating. Don't use it as bait. It's good eating." Yeah, it was good. We had it for breakfast, eh? It was good. It was a real muscular fish, and you had a, you had a big fillet off it. It was really big. But it was a. Uh, but we we one day we were so hungover because we had it set up that one night you'd go. We had we had two we had Dave and his family and me and my family right. So one day the uh, the guy the guys would stay home with the kids and the girls would go out. You know, one day uh, me and uh, Dave and his wife would go out and me and uh, my wife would stay home and watch the kids. You know, <laughs> and then one day uh, Dave and his wife you know would watch them and then one day the boys got to go out right. That was, was a, that, that was the best night. That was the best night. Yeah, that was a great night. Yeah, that was a great night. Brian and his wife and my wife drinking on the back deck and me dealing with the kids. Oh, really? That was uh, that what you did every night? Well, not a, yeah, I didn't go out. Well, I did the stuff with the kids, but... I really think it's it, I really think it works out great if you work out a contract like that at the beginning where you set up your nights because you get your one, eh? And then oh, yeah, we should have. The girls actually fun. went shopping for theirs. They just chose to go shopping for theirs. Eh? Yeah, but you know what the guy I went with? We had this all planned, and uh, he really enjoys shopping. Not really shark fishing. <laughs> shopping. Uh, really? This is a manly man. Like I would never I expect with that. Him for years, <laughs> I'm like the girls are going shopping today. I gave my wife money. She's going shopping, and he was like, "Well, I'm going shopping with him." I couldn't even believe it. Really? And I'm like, I'm going shark fishing with the kids. So if you want to go shopping, have at her. And yeah. he had he had little girls. Did they enjoy the fishing as well? I think that's why he likes to shop. He's the, it's a family adventure, right? Him and the three girls go shopping. You see, well, well, I'm the same way. I have two girls, but I what I've done instead is ruined my girls. So that uh, for my wife, as I've uh, I've made I've, my hatred for shopping has leached through to them. Where I'm sitting <laughs> on the park, I'm on the bench while my wife's shopping, and I just sit there and. Talk about shopping stupid and it's all just this materialistic bull crap. And, and then my kids get polluted by it to the point where they say they hate shopping too. And it's worked for a while. But I went and chaperoned my uh, daughter's uh, grade 7, 8 class trip to Toronto this week. I just got back actually the other day. And uh, my daughter's starting to change because she got to hang around the mall with her friends. And I think she got that whole, like, uh, girl thing came out, out, out of her. Like, years of trying to suppress it is, fi- is failed. And now, <laughs> now she's just turned into a girl. Damn! Right. That's the thing about We talked about last week. I think it was last week when we did that thing about how the, um, in BC they want to get rid of the sex on the birth certificate because they think that's oh, going to yeah. solve problems yeah. for the transgender people and stuff. And I'm like... Uh, the, the, that's a like if, if I was in that situation I would be like looking at I would have two girls and I'd be like hoping well maybe one of them will be a transgender man you know like one, maybe one of them's gonna want to like play golf with me you know and it'd be great so people would say you got two daughters you're hoping for a son no I'm not hoping for a son I'm just hoping for a transgender male <laughs> in the future or perhaps a lesbian like a lesbian would be okay too because she likes golf and saw you know 
<laughs> we're gonna be good, right? But you know, so maybe there's something to it. I don't know. Maybe I've been thinking a lot about it since the last show, and I think maybe there's something to that. Maybe it'll be all right. But it turns out in my case, it looks like I got two girls. You know, they're real, <laughs> real girls, which is great. Which is great. But if they're trans, if they turn out to be transgender, awesome. You know, like it's. Maybe it'll just be a maybe it'll just be a real athletic uh, girl, girly girl. You know, like I don't know. It, it could, anything anything's open in today's world. What? Yeah, oh, we already have. A, well, Caitlyn Jenner is uh, for later on. We're gonna save that one. We're gonna save that one. So now I turn to you, sons of bitches, the band. My 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 greatest my greatest support of the show. I mean. Part of the heart and soul of the show is the music. You know, this is a rock and roll show. I got a band that created uh, Nocturnal Emissions. Super group. They're playing. I, I I got to see you're planning your uh, your summer tour. Yeah. Not you know? since the super group Asia has it been a coming together. <laughs> yeah. Of musicians. Yeah. It's a, it is really what I've done is created this 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 super group of of, uh, of musicians, and I've got to watch them flourish. And all the listeners at home have got to watch it flourish, and then now they're excited about the new summer tour, yeah. and you guys end up just sitting and thumbing your nose at the show, <laughs> saying like, "Let Pete just sit there with his wife after like a long day at work and putting the kids to bed, and she's supposed to be entertaining. She's supposed to entertain the Haitian dwarf at home. No, what happened was uh, we we put on the bomb of the year. It was the it was really? scathing reviews." <laughs> My wife's upset about it. She doesn't want her confidence is shattered. She never wants to come on the show again. <laughs> but it's that's what happens when you leave me alone. But what happened? What what was what was so important? Dave, you go first. We got a lot of stuff on the go. Yeah, you what, can imagine a super group of our stature and what our social schedule looks like. Yeah, you know, like you, it's a busy life. I'm gonna ask my my one of my future guests who I haven't introduced. Could you do me a favor and shut that fan off? This is ringing through the thing. <laughs> I know that's real professional. You see that a lot of times on like uh, the, the on Jim, on uh, Jimmy Kimmel, I think, where he asks Hell like yeah. he, he asks like his uh, band leader to go over, or no Tom Cruise to go shut the fan off. <laughs> similar. It's very similar. Anyway, sorry, I didn't mean yeah, for me. Busy social schedule. Uh, you know, the nocturnal emissions were obviously is it like, doing a lot of great things. That and shift work. And and, uh, and did I have anything to do with uh, shift work? Oh, the actual job? Yeah. The pays your bills? I to go to a job every day, yeah. And sometimes yeah. not during the day, but at night. Yeah, yeah. So he's okay. And Michael, now it's your turn. <laughs> well, also being part of this uh, amazing super group. Yeah. has really tied my hands. But more importantly, I've been putting in uh, my heart and soul of a tobacco crop this past uh, week. So livelihoods have taken precedence over the... Uh, over the show, yeah, which my, I'm really just uh, living. The thing I live off, I had to plant it in the ground last week, <laughs> so it was kind of important. You son of a bitch! <laughs> I'm sorry. You, I love this show, but you son of a bitch, both of you. No, <laughs> it, it lets me drive uh, the mile down to Pine Grove to visit with my good friend Pete. I'm really disappointed. I'm really disappointed. I at least I know where I stand with my band. But you know what? You. Both of you on your second excuses, your second excuses I accepted. <laughs> you have to eat and, and sustain a li livelihood. But the excuse at the beginning where you said about the nocturnal emissions uh, schedule, that thing, I'm going to tell you right now, you'd be nothing without me. You'd be nothing without this show. True, that's true. <laughs> you guys would be friggin' just waggling your dicks in the wind in Burford. No direction. With no direction if it wasn't for Live from the Dutch that Hall. True. 
You guys would not be nocturnal emissions without me. And you know, there's a big copyright infringement thing that's going on right now because you're not the only nocturnal emissions. Did you know that? No, we hope you take care of it. Well, there is one. I'm, I'm, ex I'm a little worried about it happening where they're going to uh, file a lawsuit against you guys because you're using the name Nocturnal Emissions because there was a band in the 70s. They're not a band. They're not really they're a band, like a no. a sound project or something. They, they, were, they were a sound project, yes. They were meant to, it was for just a sound, it was like some sort of psychological experiment where they would, uh, they would uh, create sounds that would uh, <coughs> like kind of mess with your... Uh, like, like like they would do studies and play this crap this, this weird music and they would see how it would affect you kind of like white noise or something oh. like that like there wasn't music it was like acid noise what leafy acid it seems like i don't know it seems to I me like test. there would be some acid involved with that you know i don't know i take that test <laughs> so should we we maybe as uh we should be copywriting this um you should be copywriting what? Nocturnal emissions. Well, I think as if it name. worst case scenario because these people as a band name, yes. These people were from England, right? So I think I think it was England. If not, it wasn't Canada for sure. Okay. So if they the, steal the fuck old song, it's gonna be the third world war. <laughs> yeah, I know. We almost got that thing ready for iTunes. But the you know, um but the thing about those uh the nocturnal emissions is they're from England. They're from another country or something. So you guys could go with nocturnal emissions X. Yeah, you know, simple. nocturnal emissions X. Yeah. We're good. You know, just like in Canada, Bush. or thanks, just when we tour. <laughs> yeah, we learned now from yeah. Bush. Thanks, Bush. And that's a Canadian joke. If anyone uh, at is listening from other countries in the world, they won't know that we had to put we had Bush X, Bush X. where you guys had Bush. Bush. And I don't even know if you know Bush, but I think the guy married Gwen Stefani. Right. If that yeah. makes it more relevant, because yeah. his wife did better than he did. Yeah. <laughs> But Bush, that Gavin Rossdale from Bush, yeah. you know, you know who I'm talking about, right? Uh, yeah. yeah. Anyways, uh, he Bush in Canada, they'd be Bush X, but now they're allowed to be Bush again, right? What they're, changed? I think the other band just said, okay, we're cool with that. Mm. They got paid enough or yeah, whatever. Just paid for it. I think someone bought a big it. Fat check. You gave yeah. him a nice little check, <laughs> and we could just be Bush now in Canada. But I wonder how much that'd be worth to get rid of Bush X in Canada. Like, it's not worth anything to me. In the states it? probably more. <laughs> what? In the states probably more. Yeah, if, if if I was Bush X in the states, I'd probably want to I want to pay for it to be Bush. But in yeah. Canada, 30, 000, uh, 30 million people as a total market, and you yeah. and you're like, uh, I just have to be Bush X there for those, you know, in the grand scheme of the world market, mm. it's not that big of a deal. Yeah. Bush X, and we didn't care. We still listen to the same songs. We mm. we don't even know that they're not Bush X anymore. Prince sounds the exact same from yeah. Bush X. Yeah, it's <laughs> exactly. <the> it's <laughs> like Prince, right? When Prince was like uh, mm. the symbol. The symbol. Yeah. And then you're like, uh, okay. Formerly known as. Yeah, and that was just something to do with a contract with Sony or something like that that he was fighting with, and he didn't want them to have the they had the rights of the name or something. So he just said, I'm gonna like until this thing's resolved, I won't use the names to get rid of the legal thing that they had on them. And uh, it was his way of getting out of contract of some sort. This is all like podcast bullshit that's coming out of my mouth <laughs> that is based on no research or facts or anything that you could be. <laughs> yeah, but take that from what you will. Nine times out of ten, I'm right. I Google it, and I'm like, I'm shocked myself. I'm shocked myself. I'm like, holy shit, I actually knew what I was talking about. Anyways, so... We're going to try not to let you down anymore, Pete. All right, guys. Well, we're going to... We'll get... Well, that's a good segue into the next thing. We we will uh, talk about... We were get, Now's a good time to introduce our guest for the show, eh? Hey, Glycerine. Did you have the little bush X there? 
See, what's the point of having the guitar in your hand instead of putting it down and just falling asleep? <laughs> I also like how you gave up on Periscope right away as soon as I started mentioning your gig. <laughs> then you put it down. <laughs> well, tonight, everybody, we're really nailing the show. If Dean Rainey, if Rainey Media is still on right now, if he's still on Periscope, I'm, this message is for Dean. I just did the intro to the show 20 minutes with the with the crew and now we're introducing our guests. This is TV friendly. This is what you got you told me I was supposed to do. Right? And I resisted it. Now I'm doing it right now cuz I have two great guests in here today. So without further ado, I'd like to introduce my guests. I'm real lucky to have them. Uh, we have uh, two guests, one of which has been Have you been listening to the week, Braden? No, I got re- I was mentioned, but not Oh, honorable mention. Yeah. Yeah, I don't mention a great honor for you, I imagine. Was, I just did it. I was on the road, and I just I heard the the Hamakas thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was like, oh, that's funny. I'm gonna. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh yes. <laughs> oh yeah. Thanks, there you go. Thanks, so yeah, Beav is a, a, he's a he's a he's a gem, eh? Hamaka. He gives you a, one beauty a show. I think is what Beav comes out with. Oh yeah. This what you don't see it coming. It's just all of a sudden Hamaka comes out of nowhere, and you're like, what? <laughs> Hamaka? Did you say Hamaka? <laughs> You can't write that stuff. It just comes out of people. <laughs> well, we have today two great guests, two professional artists, two uh, not quite. <laughs> I get a shake of the head from Tyler. But we have a we have a professional musician. Can you nod at that, Braden? Yeah. I'll mostly professional? No. We have a mostly professional musician, uh, Braden DeKuman, who I want to call DeKoopman every time because I want to make <laughs> you a you Dutchman. That's how you mentioned me. <laughs> yeah. Braden DeKoopman? <laughs> it's because it, we had a Haitian coupon there. Have you made it the <laughs> The Haitian dwarf has now left the show on Periscope because of the fuckholes returned. The dreaded fuckholes, which no one gets. But anyways, uh, by the way, you are a listener. So you are a listener of the show, a real life listener of the yeah. show. And uh, <laughs> yeah, and actually. Because normally, what we say, I, I'm a terrible booker of the show. Like, because when you're doing your own podcast, you got to do everything. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, for me to book a guest of your stature, you know, of your of your stature, normally I would have no confidence to even uh, approach you. I mentioned it once on the show because mm-hmm. you're a listener of the show. You picked up on that. Plus, at a drunken party, yeah, you were uh, approached by my band, one-time band leader, <laughs> one-time band leader. Thank you, Mike Bow. Correct. Who who said you should come on the show sometime, right? Yeah. And then, so Mike helped book the show. Thank you, Michael. See, I'm not that bad of a guy. Yeah, just, see, good co-host. He's redeeming himself from last guy, week. Just a bad band leader. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I mean, it's getting ugly with my band. <laughs> but we ended up. But uh, so you, he asked you the question. You thought of it as a sincere uh, request to come on the show, correct? Uh, sort of. Not, no, not even not, that time. Not 100 at first. But. Not even, even at first, you didn't believe it. You, no, you, you we'd, we'd been in the sauce. Right, So right. I was kind of like, this could be... But there became a turning point in the story mm-hmm. where you lost all confidence in the request. Uh, yeah, that's when he smacked me in the face with a piece of Polish sausage. Yes. <laughs> and then you thought, this is probably not a sincere <laughs> yeah, request. Yeah, like, no, this just can't be right. <laughs> yeah. this, is, this doesn't feel right. This so, is the sauce talking and acting. <laughs> so Mike, now, now what do you have to say for yourself, you know? You were just like you were pretty big. You were pretty big a couple minutes ago. In the face. In the face. Yeah. Right on that cheek. I'll be honest with you. Uh, there's a bits and parts of that night I don't remember, and that is another part. <laughs> Apparently, there was a wrestling match. <laughs> 
don't know. This is the, this is supposed to be this is this is the this is the podcast that's taking the world by storm. You know, my my band leader. Hey, he still came. <laughs> yeah, it worked out, didn't it? That's the thing. This show, if it teaches us nothing more, is that uh, if you just uh, act ridiculously and f you'll fall backwards into a pile of shit. Like it just it'll just all happen for you, just with no help of your own or any will. We'll do it, right? Anyways, Brayton DeCoupin is my one of my guests, and we're happy to have him. That's a, nice, that's a nice introduction, right? Brayden is uh, is in the band, uh, the McCartney Years, yep. a, a tribute band. Yeah. And uh, now this is uh, this is your professional gig, right? Yeah. 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 This and landscaping between gigs. <laughs> oh, I need a landscaper too. We were talking oh. about that. This is great. See how it works. And then <laughs> it's about. Yeah, it's about building community. So, but how what the when you're doing when you used to be in other bands too? Because I remember yeah. watching you in a band called uh, Red Party Pirates, right? Yeah, yeah. And uh, I watched you in Norwich at the Tractor Pull. Oh, okay, yeah, that night. Yeah. Yeah. I was in some crazy getup, probably. Yeah, it was. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, you're great. You guys were you guys were really good that night. And, yeah. And uh, Mike's band, Crown Lion, actually opened for you that night. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's why I was there. Okay. Yeah, that's how I know it was for sure that. I didn't come I to see you. I believe your brother Paul was there as well, wasn't yeah, my, he? Yeah, the bartender Paul was there as well. We had a great time. The Norwich Girls. And uh, I, before before we get into this subject matter, I would like to also introduce my second guest, who is, I'm also very privileged to have and who we kind of blew like an hour of a great show before we even started the show today. He's the, you are the winner of the uh, Brantford Comedy Festival's up, uh, what is it called? doesn't matter <laughs> rising whatever you did a good job like that i went to that show uh, so uh, a comedy festival you won it you ended up as a winner of that that uh young talent competition you got to open for jeremy hots at the sanderson center correct i think so i think that happened <laughs> i blocked it out it, it's gone from my memory it'll never happen again well that's a pretty big deal <laughs> yeah so, so i'd like to welcome my guest tyler shaftsman to the show let's hear it for tyler <laughs> Two A's. Two A's. I'm, I'm just happy to be here because we're in a pool shed in Delhi, <laughs> <laughs> which is where I thought I would end up. Yeah. This, is, this is the big time. <laughs> it's a little south for my liking. Yeah, like, but you don't like the sand, eh? It's I'm a Burgessville boy, north, uh, north of here. So, you know, I'm, I feel like I need a cigarette, but it's okay. When you come down from uh, Burgessville, you must notice that when you cross the Oxford County, Norfolk County border, right, yeah. that all of a sudden there's something missing. The, the, the smell of the livestock barns have, has disappeared. Yeah, now you're in, the, you're in, you're in horticulture country with, with beautiful plants being grown that you can smoke. You just get that, <laughs> that nicotine smell, and it's great. Yeah, it's no, beautiful. No, no, this is where you come to make money. This is... The golden fields of Delhi. That's yeah. where we are. Yeah, you know what, too? We, I just came back from Toronto, and and we passed the uh, food terminal. And in the food terminal in Toronto, I did a tour there one time when, in my former life. And uh, they, I think about 70% uh, of the food terminal, uh, people that bring food to the food terminal that supplies the Toronto, are from this area, from Norfolk County. And you'd think about Holland Marsh and Niagara and Leamington and all that stuff, but actually Norfolk County is like feeding a lot of them, them people as, lot, as well as giving them smokes. You know? No, no I, lo I love that about living in Toronto is being at a restaurant and seeing a menu. 
mm-hmm. and then there's a fucking Norpak logo on the fucking menu. Yeah, yeah. You're like, well, I know where my beef's coming from. Yeah. It's coming from where I grew up. Yeah, I know those guys. Yeah. Like, you... I'm, the, I'm the only person who moved from Toronto to Otterville. <laughs> As a choice. Well, you, you it wasn't went... a choice. It just happened. <laughs> it's where I ended up. Brayden, are you in Toronto now too? Or... No, no, I'm in Norwich. You're in Norwich? <laughs> yeah. yeah. You're down, talking the, down the road from this guy. Local. We're local. Is it, local. Is it pronounced Norwich? Because I always thought Nurich. it was... Norwich. 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 N-A-R-A-C-H. Right. That's, a, that's as far as I knew. So even though you're a Burgessville boy and, an, and, uh, and now an Otterville resident, you would consider yourself a Norwich boy too or, or not? Well, you got to go to high school, right? Right, right. They <laughs> say. So for Norwich, like because we are uh, not uh, not me in particular, but most of the room is kind of we're kind of Delhi centric, you know the Delhi Dutch, and yeah. you would be the Norwich Dutch, right? Free, or not free, quite Frisian actually? Oh, Frisian, eh? Frisian. Two A's in my name. There's uh, kidneys on the flag. Kidneys? Yeah, that's actually. Uh, oh yeah, blue and white. Yeah, blue and white kidneys in the middle. Maybe hearts. I don't know. <laughs> Kidneys, hearts. I don't know. They make a good soup on Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> the Frieslander, Mike, when Mike does a Dutch impression, as he goes through Holland, yeah. <laughs> he starts in, uh, if, he, if it, this is only funny to, to, to people that would uh, study a Dutch map, right? So I like to narrow my audience right. to as few people as possible. <laughs> yeah, let's do it right now. Because yeah. I'm thinking like, yeah, north, more gypsy-like. I'd say gypsy Dutch is what I think of. The Friesland and the horses. Obviously. I always think of the cows. Cows, horses, and I think they're a little more gypsy, a little more free spirit. Oh, see, now we in North Brabant, in the south of Holland, where we're from, we consider ourselves to be the drinkers and the like, the rebels, like the rock and roll province of Holland. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We are the ones that uh, the old rest of them are all religious and nice and uh, very. And we're like uh, drunk, right? Yeah. The whole we're the Irish of we're the Irish of Holland. See, I would I would say the same for uh, for the the Frisian people, but it might just be my family. <laughs> <laughs> me too. That's exactly the same with me as well. I have no idea. I, I I've only known me, my family, and the family I visited in Holland that were all the same. <laughs> all I know is my family, and they're all the same. Yeah, <laughs> maybe it's the whole of Holland. It's just the but in Norwich you have a view of of the Dutch Dutch, like the the like hardcore Christian well, Dutch. Just, right? That's just the reform side of things and do what you got to do. Are, there, are, are they up in Friesland? Do you know? I don't know. Your I family's not. What are you like religious wise? Burgessville. <laughs> the Burgessville Church? <laughs> no, not even the Burgessville Church. It's the Burgessville way of life. Just having a good time and you know seeing what happens. Were you raised a certain re- religion? No, not at all. No, so you were you were you weren't dragged into any of that. No, nah, it, it was kind of see what see what you want to see and believe what you want to believe. But we're really just here to have a good time. So that's what you're absolutely going to do. <laughs> when you were. Uh, when you do your material, do you, is religion ever come up? No. No? Now, I want to tell you that we, we have to get into this story because I told you to stop talking at the beginning of the show because you, you before we started the show, because uh, you were, um, I said I saw you in, in Brantford as part of the competition. I saw you at the Polish Hall compete, and I said, I think I know your act. I think I remember your act, but I don't know for sure. Yeah, and yeah. I, and I, said, I, I, I said I remembered, the, I said, did you have an operation on your penis? Is what I asked you, right? Close. Very close. But you didn't have close enough. Close to my penis. <laughs> close to your penis, but not on your penis. No. 
I want to tell you something. I have something in common with you. I also had an operation on my penis, not on my penis, but close to my penis when I was when I was uh, two years old. Pelvic reconstruction surgery? No. I had a hydrocell. You know who else had it? My bartender, Paul Van Dyke. Did you not have it too? And did you know who else had it? Who? This guy right here. You had a hydrocell? That was what that was. A hydrocell club. Hey, we're going to tag this on the show. The hydrocell community turned in. We know what it's like. Yeah. If you have a hydrocell, apparently it makes your one ball swell up really big, right? To walk around with a. A big water balloon in your pants like some kid left the tap on too long. We know. Yeah. We all understand what it's like to walk around with a big... With a big a fucking big, nut. A big dragging big nut. Yeah. Like, that's, that's a saying people use all the time, right? It takes big balls to do anything brave or courageous. Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately... It, no, it, there's a lot of things you can't do with a giant nut. Yeah, yeah. A lot of things they say it would take to have big balls to do. Like if if it say it would take balls to fight that group of people. No, when my testicles are this big, I I'm actually pretty immobile. I can't I can't I'm not a very good fighter at all. It, it would take balls to jump off that cliff into water. No, my my jump. testicle would explode upon impact. <laughs> yeah, I don't think that takes big balls at all. I think it takes small healthy balls to do that. Could it, could it ride my bicycle comfortably anymore? Could it teabag my girlfriend like? No. no, it just wouldn't fit. You can teabag your girlfriend, but it's going to be very heavy, no. and you're going to have to be more concerned because that my, my weight going on her face. You know, there's smothering potential. She would have to unhinge her jaw like some sort of predatorial snake. <laughs> yes, exactly, <laughs> exactly. And you know what? You, Drop that, your nut on her head; she gets a concussion. That's great, but it could be used for other purposes. If we had small, tiny balls, which is always ideal. Right? No one ever wants for big, huge, giant balls. No, nobody wants big balls. And people say it all the time. You got big balls, buddy. No. Yeah, it's not like that. You the... want small balls. That's what you want. You want small testicles. Yeah, you do. Small, healthy testicles. I watched a video one time of these people. Healthy. That's Did you ever see that? <laughs> small, healthy balls, right? That's the goal. I'm going to tell a story about a guy. It's not me, maybe. Maybe it's me. I don't know if it is or not. But he, this guy I know, had a girlfriend in university, in university, and she went to her uh, doctor in university, and said to the doctor, "My boyfriend has uh, a huge scrotum. A huge scrotum. Is there anything he can do? Because he complains about having having it all the time, and he sits on it and stuff like that." And she recommended a ball tuck, a ball tuck. And this said woman went home to her boyfriend and told him, you should get this procedure called a ball tuck because it'll fix all your problems. And then I, uh, sorry, this person said, uh, screw that. I'm not uh, putting a knife into my balls unless I really have to. But I did have a vasectomy, which was one of the greatest days of my life. So did he just have a lot of skin? Yeah, he had a lot of skin, like a flying squirrel. Like you could jump out of a tree like, like safely if you like, just grabbed his scrotum and just well. flew out, just <laughs> could bounce down like a parachute. Or like that a sort of a, like a bulldog with his eyes stapled shut. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Flapping all. Those. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, a lot of flaps and folds, and you could. <laughs> it's something to do, you know. Like if you if you wanted to shave it, like to be a manscape it, you would have to like drag it over an ironing board, you know. And then just you know shave it down with a straight razor. Run, run it through one of those old uh, midnight washing, <laughs> washing boards. Machines, just yeah. The two fucking oh, wheels <laughs> just running it through. Yeah, it goes up and down and through like you're making pasta. Yeah, like you're making fat. <laughs> we got some lasagna. 
Some nuts get lasagna. Believe it or not, believe it or not, we do. I do. I did prepare a couple questions for you guys because, because, <laughs> because I um of what I do, like because I do a, a a pursuit of um ridiculousness, happiness. like right, yeah, pursuit of happiness. That's a good way to put it. And you fellas, as far as I'm concerned, uh, I uh, respect you for the same reason that you're you're kind of uh, pursuing. Um, something that's not natural, like not common for people to do, right? People around here, people, like. But it, even even in no matter what city you go to, the percentage of people that decide to pursue a, an artistic endeavor um, are probably in the minority. Would you say yeah. that's fair? Yeah, but I th- I think around here it's a lot less. Yeah, so it's like you're you're gonna be a welder, or you're gonna work on a tobacco farm. Yeah, yeah. the options are definitely limited. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, or. <laughs> or you go and you Choose follow your own, your own path. Yeah, yeah. And the, but in, I know in, in small towns where the options are limited, uh, I also see the opposite kind of happen too, where your options are kind of limited. So you, uh, there, you're more apt to be driven to something where you got to do yourself to be self-directed because there's nothing to do. There's n- not nothing, much to do. Nothing else to do. Yeah. Yeah. That's why I turned to the internet because I thought the internet was uh, a, a great equalizer. If they yeah. would give us good. E- a good internet in the country we would be even better off but um be great? yeah it would be great if we had decent internet just wait for that nordell hookup yeah i was in toronto for this uh this uh, uh class trip that i chaperoned this week and uh i said to the one girl who said our tour guide who was born and raised in toronto i said to her um like the internet stinks i was telling her i was on periscope and i said but my periscope sucks because when you look at it the other way it's grainy and you can't yeah, there's one good pixel in there yeah yeah and it's because my internet stinks and she goes what do you mean i go like well we're on the country and they don't give us good internet and she says what do you mean like everyone doesn't have like really fast internet yeah. i'm like oh man you, <laughs> we have we are way behind <laughs> what we get i said if you're in like a, even a small town like probably norwich has good internet maybe it's it's yeah okay. in town yeah oh yeah but then but once you get to like otterville would you have you'd probably be yeah my, my drops like three or four titty videos in it's going <laughs> you gotta wait for the neighbor kids to get off the wi-fi half a pump uh, you know yeah, yeah. i would off. tell you master- Na- neighbor kids are on the wi-fi play their fucking mind sweeper or whatever <laughs> <laughs> you're and you're just trying doing your business. Yeah, you're just trying. You're just trying to like w- release some poison, and it, and a lot of that involves timing and rhythm. You know, like if you there's a certain amount of timing that's involved in watching a, per, a piece of pornography, Absolutely. which like, has been put together for a purpose. Yeah. You, you, know? sh- you should never have to know when your neighbor's kids are asleep to masturbate, <laughs> but you have to if you want to use the internet around here. Yeah, yeah. So like, their lights are off. <laughs> oh, that's a good. <laughs> You're like, hey, w- just can you just give me a text or something when your kids go to bed? I have to stop stealing Wi-Fi. Because I don't like buffering when I wank. You know? <laughs> Moving back here has made me lose my imagination way more than I ever did when I lived in Toronto. You know what's another good thing about living down here when you're pursuing a creative endeavor? Is that it's cheaper to live down here. You know what I mean? Yes, but for my creative endeavor, I have to put gas in my car every night and drive that, to another city because yeah, I'm not true. standing out in a tobacco field and talking about my dick for two hours. Yeah. <laughs> because <laughs> the tobacco worms aren't going to laugh. Yeah. yeah you, need, you need a venue, right? You need a venue Can I put that as my new description of the show, by the way? The tobacco worms aren't going to laugh. Pete Van Dyke, host of the weekly podcast Live from the Dutch Hall, stands in a tobacco field talking about his dick for two hours. <laughs> <laughs> Which I've done. 
<laughs> no, that's what I. That, that is pretty much hard. a good synopsis for my show. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> so I was gonna say, like, in a, do you think that the the internet has made it more like easier though to branch out? Like, whereas it maybe like say twenty years ago or even fifteen years ago, you would be if you were pursuing the same stuff and it's coming from a small town and you wanted to like do something creative who how would you be it would be a lot harder to kind of get someone to hear it yeah than it is yeah. now Braden, how do you how do you get your job my job yeah uh, and i mean the mccartney years not the landscape mccartney years uh, i just yeah exactly i put an ad out online at like six in the morning i couldn't sleep yeah and then within a couple hours i got a response and say come audition and the rest so is just yeah i got the audition went in and played and week later he called me and i got it so you just put an ad online what what site or no he, he the guy the yuri the uh oh he put an ad on yeah, he, you he responded to an ad yeah i responded yeah. to an ad just at you know some ungodly hour and lo and behold a lot of great <laughs> stories started that way didn't they yeah so yeah it's just some random night couldn't sleep yeah yeah <clears throat> but if you were just a kid picking a guitar in norwich yeah. 35 years ago yeah, yeah. That would, you'd, you'd be looking in like rock journals or something in the like city that, or something, you'd or trying wait to wait for a bar gig to someone to see it. And like, same since I've moved back to Otterville, it's like if I'm gonna go play a show in London or Hamilton or Waterloo or back to Toronto or Niagara or wherever the fuck I'm driving, I look on fucking Facebook or the internet before I'm going to see what the show is. Yeah, it's the same thing. Like that's how you got you just be a kid playing guitar in Norwich. Yeah. Well, I even know as a comedy fan, I look at, uh, like, I wouldn't even know about half the shows I go to if it wasn't for social media. Like, yeah. someone says, hey, the, like, someone I like or know is playing at a at a bar that I can drive to within a couple hours, and then I go see them. Other, because other than that, like, I would have no way of even knowing that those little gigs are happening, and mm-hmm. those are the kind that I personally like, right? So, yeah. like, for for even for me as a fan... Of say com- like uh, comedy or even or music like because I like the smaller venue music shows as well. Yeah. Is that you? Uh, I would have had a harder time even finding out about half the stuff that I get to go enjoy now. You'd have to be like on a flyer or something stapled to a telephone pole or yeah, yeah, just like a marquee outside or yeah. How do you know that? Especially yeah. coming from a small town, like it's, they're not coming to Simcoe very often or mm-hmm. Delhi yeah, very <laughs> often, you know. Yeah. So but, like I'll go see Wilcox when he comes to the Belgian Hall, but that's all it's because that's all that's going on, right? right? You know, like. Uh, Nothing yeah. wrong with Wilcox. Yeah. Uh, on the other hand, yeah. though, on the other hand, there's probably less drifters, which I <laughs> like. <laughs> there's less people that are just getting in their fucking car and driving to the next town to play a show because they know they have their local scene in Hamilton or London or Waterloo yeah. or Brantford or whatever. There's less people like you and I that have to get in our car every night and fucking drive to another town because we still can't do a show at the Legion every night. Yeah. You can't go play the Legion every Tuesday. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Brayden, how, how often have you played the Legion on a Tuesday? Uh, never. <laughs> Yeah. Not ever once. And, like, you could go, you could probably put your guitar case in front of the liquor store and make a hundred bucks a day. And I know a guy who made a lot of money busking in front of a liquor store mm-hmm. and fucking did a great job. But, like, there's more people going from town to town back before than there is now, I think. But, like, yeah, I think so too. I think a lot of times, like, even with comedy, like, I think about if you were to sit there and put, it's hard without the live audience, right? But your audience is going to grow if you had the even your bits you do on like uh, like when you know you're going to be able to do your full act and if you could if you put it on YouTube, right? You know that you're going to put this bit on YouTube. 
Then all of a sudden you had the 30 or 40 people that were there seeing you that night saw you. But also on YouTube, you might get a few hundred people that'll that'll tack onto that same thing. And you got like, now you got 250 people that saw that act. And some people are saying, well, they didn't pay for it or whatever. They, but if you're trying to get what you do out there to have more people to see it or hear it, then yeah. you then at least at that point in time, you increase your numbers, right? Yeah, the fan building is a little easier that way now. Yeah. In that sense. Yeah. Yeah. You have, you just, if you're doing it for yourself, then you're just doing it, right? You yeah. You just got to go do it. Like this, this format here, the podcast That's format. That's what you're doing. You're just doing it. <laughs> yeah. It wouldn't exist at all. Like, I mean, it's, it would, like, I'd have to go through a corporate, a set of, like, I'd have to apply for a job to be able to host a show on a some corporate. Guy, yeah. Yeah. Chorus radio or something. Yeah. Like yeah. That. Yeah. And then, then you'd get that canned people that are trained all the same way to have the same voice. And it ends up being kind of like, it's not very, uh, interesting to listen to because the same thing overall the, uh, what's the canadian version of the fcc yeah oh the crtc yeah, that. yeah, yeah. and you wouldn't be able to come to the dutch hall and enjoy yourself yeah, yeah look, i couldn't uh, be having right? a cigarette right that's now. right you yeah, yeah cigarettes this is a great fun. i'm <laughs> right? pretty sure i have this kitchen table the same <laughs> so kitchen table it's a, it's a comfort issue now over here you guys <laughs> it's got not so far from burgessville hey you guys Got me drunk before the show. <laughs> we're here for three hours just talking about the same shit we're talking about now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Should have been recorded then. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's the beauty <laughs> of the show. But you know what we do every week is that we always like to listen to our listeners as well at home and uh, ask them what they like to think about the show. And then we have a little segment we have every week we call feedback. We got feedback. Yeah, let's do it. We got feedback. Feedback. Nailed it, Michael. Nailed it. Uh, excellent job, guys. So welcome to feedback. We got, <laughs> welcome to feedback. We got feedback, everybody. Uh, this week's feedback, we got feedback is brought to you by. I'm gonna. You know what? This is a good time to be brought to you by your plugs. Brought to you by our guest, Big Plugs, Braden Koopman. <laughs> <laughs> I what? what? I Bra can't screw okay. it up. Every musician I have on the show, I screw up their name. I remember... Uh, I Milo? Milo McMahon? Milo Milo McMahon. Milo Milo McMahon. I, I, I screwed it up every time. The poor guy. He was a great guest on the show. Still a listener, I think, from time to time. Anyways, we have Braden Akuman. Correct. Playing for... And you're coming up playing some gigs for the McCartney years. Yeah, we got uh, June 18th in London at the Grand Theater. I think it's almost sold out. Sweet. But uh, I think there's a few tickets left. Get them now. We're in North... Do you have listeners in North Bay? We do so. Yeah? Yeah. Uh, North Bay will be there the next day, June 19th at the Capitol Theater. North and Bay then on July 1st, we'll be in Grand Bend Beach. I don't oh, know. Perfect. Yeah, know, yeah. Yeah, know. we have a lot of listeners in London. Oh, I don't know the time or anything there. Yeah, but they don't Grand wear Bend tops Bend there. They don't, oh, have, they don't have tops. <laughs> they take their tops off. It's and a then great beach. I got um, June 27th in London at the Arts Project. Uh, I'm playing with a lady named Laura Gagnon, and a new she's a nice lady. <laughs> she's cool, great voice. Are you playing different? So you have different projects, right? Uh, yeah, oh yeah, I got a few. How got, how many are you involved in? Three right now. <laughs> three right now. Three. What are they? Uh, well, it's the McCartney ears, and then this Laura girl. She writes stuff, and then this brand new thing I've been working on. Um, the band's name is Cats. Oh yeah. Yeah, and we just play like weird kind of stuff. It's like instrumental. Stuff like that. We've got, we've played. I think we've jammed like three times, and we already have four songs. Oh yeah, yeah. Everybody is like Just pretty. A, a great group, of, a great collective. Yeah, of... it's it's like half of the McCartneyers. So oh really? Yeah. Cool. yeah. So we kind of got together and did our own thing, and we're gonna be in Grand Bend on June twenty eighth, 
and July 1st in Grand Bend again. Oh, yeah. So, Grant, for, for the London listeners or people in the area of Grand Bend, you have lots of opportunities to say, see Braden. Let's go and find them. Can they look up this stuff on a website or anything like that? Uh, the McCartney Ears would be the McCartneyEars.net, or you can just Google the McCartney Ears. It'll come up. And everything else, I'm not really sure. On Facebook, do you post it before you go out? Uh, yeah, everything I think is going to be posted on Facebook from each band that I mentioned. Okay. <laughs> and Tyler, uh, the other feedback we got feedback is also brought to you by our other uh, guest, uh, Tyler Shaftsma. Tyler, take it away. You want me to plug these? Yeah, plug it. Other than butts? <laughs> I gotta. I guess uh, first. First plug. I'll, I'll plug. Uh, I'll plug any butt. <laughs> if you're looking for a butt to plug, uh, Mike Hebelecki. <laughs> that was what I had to do. I was. Auto, I was. I had. I signed a contract. I had to plug that. So yeah, Mike Hebelecki will plug any butt. And uh, that's an inside joke for anyone within the township. <laughs> and uh, let's move on from there. Uh, Father's Day, uh, June 20th. June 20th at Jimbo's in London. I'm doing a show for Father's Day. All the proceeds go to prostate prostate exams or cancer or something. Oh, yeah? Something about butts. Yeah? Yeah. Is that why you got chosen, do you think? Uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm, he- I'm headlining I'm the show. It's going to be a good... Gonna be a good show, and I'm um, headlining it, and it's June 20th at Jimbo's Pub and Eatery in London, Ontario. I think tickets are seven bucks. That's pretty good. It's gonna be a good show, and it's gonna be a lot of fun. And then uh, Whale Pranks is uh, my sketch group and kind of film production company that I've been doing for a few years. And we, What's it called? Whale pranks. Whale uh, pranks. YouTube.com slash official whale pranks. It's official yeah. whale pranks because we fucked up the first email address. <laughs> so it's whale official whale pranks. Somebody got whale pranks off you? No, we did it. We forgot the password. <laughs> <laughs> you know how it goes. I do. I actually I do. I have two Dutch Hall ones too, and exactly. the good ones used Everybody up on what w- w- wasted it. How many fucking Red Party Pirates accounts are there on the internet? I think we got ours good. The thing about... We need people that are not like us to help us out. Otherwise, we're going to keep sucking. uh, Official (laughs) official whale pranks. That's where me and my buddies make some films. And uh, we got a new season of The Awning coming out. The Awning, the hit web series. The Awning. The Awning? Uh, Season 2. Just uh, released the first premiere episode of Season 2. And then, uh, you can other, check that out on YouTube? Yeah, YouTube slash official whale pranks, the awning, and one dog away, and a bunch of other funny stuff on there. And yeah, I'm doing, I do shows all over the fucking province. I'm all over the place. Uh, I'm on Facebook, and you can find me there. And then I got to plug Tyler Shaftsman with two A's. It's, it's, uh, S H A A F. On, uh, on the internet, and what I'm doing, my, fucking stupid jokes and stuff i do it by uh s-h-a-z-m-a because that would look good on a license plate <laughs> it would look a lot faster <laughs> it would look good on an oldsmobile cutlass like well so you have two spell you have two spellings in your name to make it more clear for your fans well not not even for my fans it's been in my family for years people the z yeah you put it on a license plate it looks good <laughs> you know you put it on 
whatever, out of your binder, or your locker in high school, you put it on there with a Sharpie with a Z in the middle. Because hey, people boss. You, around here, people just say, like, hey, you know, the Shazmas, right? The Shazmas. So you say it with a Z. Jazz you up a bit, eh? So when, when I started doing stand-up, I was like a few months into doing stand-up, and I was doing a show at a weed room in Toronto. Yep. Popular in Toronto, those weed rooms, right? Yep, yep. So we're there, and I put my name on the list at Shaftsman with the two A's and fucking an F and an S, and everybody's confused. But you did the Z, and it and cleared my, it up? my buddy, fucking Jay Freeborn, check him out. He's a great comedian. He's like, you got to change your name, buddy. You got to change your name. I'm like, well, I could spell it this way. My uncle used to on a license plate. He's like, yep, go with that. So I have since. And it just So like, you got a stage name. You're like Bob I, Dylan. I, yeah, but it's like a stage name that is my name, just a different way of spelling it. You yeah. know, like you, know, you like if he went with the English language, you could spell so many words different ways. So why not spell my last name a different way? Yeah, yeah. People around here will just say Shazma anyways, so that's how I spell it. No problem. Then, so if they want to find you on Facebook, do they find you on Shazma? Yeah, it's all Shazma. Twitter, Facebook. It's Shazma. Yeah, Shazma. We'll spell it for the people at home. S H A Z M A. Shazma. Shazma. It's like a Shaq movie. Put, well, that was sh- that was Shazam. You know, Shaquille O'Neal is a big hero of mine. You know, I like to think think like <laughs> I'm the complete opposite of Shaquille O'Neal. Look at me. I'm the complete opposite. You're the Danny DeVito I'm a, I'm to a his little uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Skinny white guy with glasses and long gray hair. I'm the exact opposite of Shaquille O'Neal. You have gray hair? I didn't know she had gray hair. It's pretty gray. It's going. (laughs) And like, I like to think like where he broke Cindy Crawford's vagina, I'd fix it. (laughs) (laughs) You'd stitch it up? You'd heal it. You'd be like a, you'd be like a, like a soothe, like a soothing salve on Cindy Crawford's vagina. You're like a salve on Sidney Cropper's vagina. Is that should be your that should be your tagline when you want to promote yourself, Tyler Shazma. I'm like a salve on Sidney Crawford's vagina. That's only funny in 1996. <laughs> like nobody cares. Does Shaq bang Sidney Crawford? That I missed that because I didn't know. I think he... so in the 90s. Yeah, he did. Yeah, Shut either me. that or Claudia Schiffer. I'm getting my people mis- mixed up. Like, Crawford, I'm getting all the girls I masturbated to in the late '90s mixed up. Because I can't remember. Did did Kathy Ireland bang Shaq too? Maybe. Maybe Elle McPherson. I'm pretty sure everybody that was popular in from '96 to 2002 had sex with uh, with Shaq. With Shaquille O'Neal. Well, he was pretty big back then. Yeah, he, he was in his prime, really. Really Those were his love making years. Shaq versus that used to be a reality TV show. Yes, you remember it, Shaq versus? Yes, I do remember Shaq versus. If you don't remember, it's simple. It's just Shaq versus different things. <laughs> Shaq versus. Uh, How did it fail? Is what I want to know. How did? Because it... Shaq's the best. He beats everybody at everything. Oh, uh, so he was too dominant. Is what he was. Yeah, yeah, he's too awesome. <laughs> they needed to get you in that, and then you could have lost a few and won a few, right? I would have lost everything. <laughs> oh, yeah, because you're the opposite of Shaq, right? I forgot. I'm the exact opposite of Shaquille O'Neal. <laughs> Shaq's got a perfect pelvis. It's like it's a beautiful pelvis. Working kidneys, perfect, perfect pelvis. <laughs> Shaq, his rubbing te- it in. His testicles, he has beautiful testicles. They're not all scarred <laughs> up. Oh, and they look like Jerry Cheever's face mask. <laughs> <laughs> this is the greatest plug I've ever done. 
This is my favorite plug. But it's also, feedback, we got feedback, is also brought to you by Amazon.com. And Amazon, so you go to my website, livefromthedutchhall.com, and you can click on the Amazon banner, do all your Amazon shopping for Father's Day, buy something for your dad, and a little bit of the money will come back to help the show. And our final sponsor... Is is our is VG Meats, and I'm going to call them Very Good Meats because we received a package from VG Meats. We what? Yeah, we what? received a package, and I'm going to actually go one step further and name our listener of the week for this week. All the good people at VG Meats, including our great listener Kyle Van Groningen and the whole team over there. We're going to name you listener of the week because you gave us a box of pepperettes. Let's break those sons of bitches open and share some of those. Let's hear it. We should be playing. A- we should be playing celebrate with for that, eh? Yeah. Like that would have been when we could have done it because we've been bitching for these pepperettes for weeks, for weeks. And you know, the, you know what the other nice little touch was when the, when we got to receive the pepperettes, they they did a delivery of a box of a whole bunch of pepperettes and beef jerky, and uh, right from VG Meats, very good meats. And they're they've always, they've been a sponsor of my show for quite some time. If you go onto my website, you can click onto their uh, coupon. Or you can just go right in there and, and ask them. Say, give me the Dutch Hall coupon. And if they don't honor it, you have to reach out to me at lifeinthedutchhallgmail.com and tell me that they didn't honor it. We'll bitch about it. And then we'll bitch about it till they give us a box of pepperettes again. <laughs> More pepperettes. <laughs> this is delicious. Yeah. It's very good. Yeah, very good meats. We're, we might even, we would say, we would say excellent meats if yeah. the box was overflowing. Yeah, real good meat. <laughs> real good meat. Yeah, they close the lid. We have people from Norwich on, and we've mentioned Norpak on the show too, eh? eh? Just to say, just to say. It was just a random plug. I just you could put <laughs> you could put any beef company in there. I just picked one. Yeah, you picked a, well a local one. I understand from Oxford County, but here in Norfolk, right? Is that, is that I'm a big I respect Norpak, but they don't spot they don't pay me any money. But with this box of pepperettes, I got a check for twenty three dollars. Twenty three dollars. Oh. Money. Oh yeah, my average check is four dollars from that campaign, Let's try and I got actually twenty three bucks. Yeah, not bad, eh? Things are moving up, and I got an Amazon. Wait check. a minute, I mentioned Norpak. Somebody better be giving me a check. Yeah, that's what you should say to him. Those... I, I think I know some people. Yeah, I'll make a phone call. Yeah, make it happen. Make it happen, Tyler, because this is this is really important to move this show forward. Good competition. Well, the last thing we do every time at feedback, we got feedback, and last week's show was called uh, uh, "Religion, Sex, and Politics," and I and my my I, we talked about my whole cast abandoned me, uh, and there wasn't a lot of uh, a lot of feedback last week, but one person we did get some strong feedback from was our good buddy, the Haitian dwarf, and he's been with us from the beginning. So let's hear from the Haitian dwarf. I love that word. <laughs> hey, Hasten Dwarf every week. He's been with us from the beginning. He's one of our longest listeners. He's been following us on Periscope. I actually had a nice chat with him on Periscope for the band practice we put up earlier. Mm-hmm. And Hasten Dwarf was, uh, we gave, he gave us some scathing feedback. It was uh, honestly the worst, the, probably the harshest feedback we've gotten, the most blunt, but also the most respected and honest. What? 
It was five stars. He did give us five stars, but as a caveat, it was five stars for the show, not for the episode. Oh. Not for the episode. Because when you rank me on iTunes and you give me a ranking, it's uh, good to give me five stars if you like the show. But if you don't like the episode, don't hold it against the whole show because the only way to get good at something is to suck from time to time. And maybe I did that last week. Maybe I freaking did that last week. He's been, the feedback in the past has been more passive aggressive. You know, the feedback. This one was very straightforward, and I'll read it to you. The Haitian Dwarf said five stars. Well, they can't all be home runs. Dot, dot, dot. I did manage to listen right to the end, though. Never gave up hope. I guess your focus on romantic intentions, or I guess when you fo- when your focus is on romantic intentions, it's tough to be funny. Therefore, not funny. Ouch. Yes, hurt. I think Paul, Dave, and Mike tend to bring out more of your comedic tendencies. These, of course, are only the opinions of one humble midget. And those are his words, not mine. I always thought he was a dwarf. I have always made clear the distinction between a midget and a dwarf. One is, uh, is proportionally correct in every way, caused by a pituitary gland problem that is now solved by modern science. The other one is uh, where your proportions are different, where you maybe have a, a regular torso and shorter appendages and more of an oversized... Uh, head and genitals I think the this is what I believe about the genitals and uh, the Haitian dwarf can if you're even a dwarf if I think your torso your penis is involved with the torso Tyler would you agree penis is part of the torso not the appendages penis is an add-on so you think if you're but if you're a dwarf would you have a regular sized penis yes. or a dwarfed penis? Regular sized penis. Regular sized penis, just shorter arms and legs, and and a larger head, right? No. That's what I would say. Same size yes. penis is what I'm going with. And magic. Because I, <laughs> you do get, you are a born entertainer. That's that's a proven scientific fact, right? That's why you don't. That's why you see a lot of them in more entertainment field. You more prone to wrestling and. Uh, Tumbling, I think. Well, that was more of the Wizard of Oz days. Oh. Where you could cast a whole cast of midgets. Well, they used to be midgets, like the, the real the real midgets, not the not dwarfs back then. Well, it's, I think Wizard of Oz was a mix of mix. dwarves and midgets. Yes, it and, was. And kids Wait. and children also. But uh, Like the Lollipop Guild and the, uh, who were the other ones? No, the Lollipop Guild is the f- most famous one. There's only one left alive, eh? Only one. There's still one alive? One alive, yeah. One alive. No, the Lullaby League. There's and two. he is the main guy from the Lollipop Kids, the one that says, we represent. That's the one guy that's still alive. He's still kicking? Yeah. One, wow. one munchkin's still alive. Really? Yeah. And I think he's an actual midget. I don't think he's a dwarf at all. I think he's a midget. I, th- I think that's why he had such a long life, too. Because there's nothing really like... so. Uh, there's not, you're just like a regular guy, but you're small. We're right? talking about little people, right? Yes, that that would, I think would be the the the, 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 the blanket <laughs> statement that would include them all, right? More palatable. Well, I could be thrown into the little people category. Like, there is a limit, though, isn't there? Like, isn't well, there like gotta be like a, a downward limit? There's all the medical terms that you were talking about earlier, and then there's just people that are just you know short. What's a pygmy? <laughs> Where does a pygmy fall in that category? Mm. Well, a pygmy, and I got a little bit of trouble for this with the uh, aboriginals. And, and, uh, <laughs> Is it, isn't uh, that a half horse, half human? <laughs> Are we talking about something completely? A pygmy is a tribe. Uh, I, I don't know about that because that's a, that's a tribe that's just 
genetically predetermined to, or predisposition to be small, right? Oh, okay. Would they get the odd... Uh, uh, this is where I'm going to get myself in a whole bunch of trouble because that's only speculating. I open up a can of worms on this. <laughs> my vision of what I think race should be, but or what? But I think that you know you probably would, could you imagine? I imagine you'd get the odd like real big pygmy, like mm. the guy that's just like the anomaly pygmy that's like regular size that walks around like uh, with all his pygmy relatives. So you're saying we're all just big midgets? Well, I think it's relative depending on where you are. Like if you're a Japanese person, right? They're generally shorter. So like uh, if you're like five foot tall, no one's calling you a midget in Japan, right? But if they go, if you're like uh, in Sweden or something like that, they'd call you a midget if you're five feet tall, right? Like uh, if people were being mean to you, right? But in Japan, well, it wouldn't even cause anybody to like notice because you're just kind of along the curve, right? Like well, if I was a giant, I would call Braden a midget. Yeah, but I... You if you were a giant, yeah, exactly. Like that's why. Um, if you're um, a midget, is just like a it's relative, just a slur to being someone smaller than you, a fucking midget. <laughs> like <laughs> a giant, right? Like a giant. If you call him a giant, like if you if you see a Braden, how tall are you? Six foot. Just six, even. Yeah. Oh, because you're skinny. Gonna, yeah. You look taller, yeah. right? That's misleading, eh? Yeah, you got Joey Ramone syndrome. I had a friend of mine, he's six five. He went to he went to Japan, and people would take pictures with him everywhere he went because oh, they thought he was because like, he was like a giant. He was like a, a novelty act yeah. when he would go around, eh? Yeah. And even uh, my wife had a friend who's a, a woman that was six foot tall, and she, it was the same thing. People would all crowd around her and get pictures taken with. Her. She had red hair, and she was six feet tall, so they thought this is like a, seeing a white whale, like a unicorn or something yeah. like that. You know, take a picture with with them, so they felt like freaks. Anyways, it's all relative, is what yeah. I'm saying. So when you call someone a midget, you're still being a jackass, right? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, it's a bad thing to do, I think, right? Well, it's not a bad thing to do. You're just being a jackass when you do it. It's like using any sort of a, like, yeah, a derogatory like, term. Yeah, you fucking asshole. It's it depends on the context. You fucking asshole, midget, get off my lawn. Yeah, but if you were going like, I wear that stupid red hat and stand there all still. Now I'm just yelling at lawn gnomes. But is it a bad thing to do if you just say like, um, I love midgets? Well, you can love everything you hate. No, Some no, no, people no, no, love no, no. feet. There's people that love feet. There's people that hate feet. Some people jerk off to feet. But what if you? What if? What if you were? But but if you were saying something positive about a negative thing. You know, like, is that, does that make it okay? Yeah, but there's no positives and negatives. Everybody's just different, you know? So something that's negative for you is a positive for someone else. Like the N-word if you're a black guy and you're calling your buddy the N-word? That it's a positive for that guy. Right, but you can't do it. There's positive and negatives. He could, but he'd probably get beat up. You know, yeah. <laughs> you, you ever charge a battery? Shaquille you ever charge a battery? Like I've charged a battery. Yes, there's, I've there's charged a battery, yes. There's positive and negatives there, you know? <laughs> Charging a battery. Positive, negative. Yes. <laughs> you cr- <laughs> cross the two. Sometimes it is. Sometimes like- you cross the two, sometimes you got a mistake, right? You electrocute yourself. Positive, negative, cross, you electrocute yourself. All right, <laughs> All right moving on. I want to ask you a question, Tyler. We get back before we get on. Uh, we have a couple things we all want to talk about before we end the show. But uh, the one thing I wanted to say was that you won that contest. And now, normally, Tyler, your gigs that you play, is it, it would be how many people would you say you play to on average? On an average? Yeah. Uh, it, it, dep- it really depends. It's anywhere from 
four or five drunks that don't want to hear you and just want to wait for their fajitas to cook. By the way, fajitas are the worst thing to order at a comedy show. Because <laughs> they sizzle on the way out? <laughs> you don't want that. <laughs> How do you... Is it the so, same thing as collecting girl like uh, people giving the bills in the middle of your act? Well, so, yeah, around the same thing. Yeah. And so it's anywhere from five guys ordering fajitas to, you know, like a hundred people that want to care. Right. And then, you know. All, th- all points in between. Now and then you hit a good one. You know, you're in a legion with 200 people and it's sold out and people actually took the time to come out and pay money and go to the show and then you want to give them something good. Right, right. It's the same brain and you need to say, well, you're playing fucking. But when you played the gala at the Brantford Comedy Festival, you're in a theater, right? Was, yeah, first theater. And how many people would they fit in that theater? Braden, you were there. 1,200? One. 1,200 people or whatever, right? Yeah. A theater show with 1,200 people. This is a new game altogether, right? Yeah, that that's like, I'm not, I haven't been around in a long time. Yeah, yeah. Not long enough to be there. That'll never happen again. And like, when you think about that, it'll week, happen again, won't it? Yeah. Oh, it might. Great self confidence. Yeah. <laughs> well, there's a thing about comedians, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. self confidence. Yeah. So when <laughs> you uh, that, I'll get back to it. But it, it, this is a question I had for both of you: was if you were to like when you look at people that are in your line of work as fans, like you're a music fan, Braden, I imagine. Yeah. Like, how many How many people have you played for, Braden? That's more than 2,400 people. Twenty four hundred was your biggest 2,400 crowd. Twenty four hundred people. Awesome. So that's double. Well, how do you adjust your act when you go from playing smaller gigs to a, a, a thing of that? Just do it. That stature. I did the same thing. I I did the same thing that night that I would have did the night before. That I would have did a week before. In a do you bar. have to wait louder, uh, longer for the laugh to go through the crowd? Because you're in a bigger uh, venue. Yeah. What I felt, what I felt was like the the laughs hit you like a wave of fucking like just hit you more than I've ever felt before because it's a big building full of acoustics and I've never felt that hit me before. Right. But it was the same as doing it in front of five drunk guys that aren't listening. Right. right. And I did the same act that I did the night before in front of 400 people and I did a week before in front of 200 people and I've done a thousand times in front of five people that weren't listening. But I I tried to keep it the same but you had to wait a little longer I guess. Yeah, yeah. And it was over, like, and I forgot about it. That was the worst week of my life. That right. that was a terrible week. My fucking girlfriend left me that week. Right. And we're, we could go deep into that. And, and then you still wanted to, and you, and you still had to be funny at the end of the And I had to go fucking perform that week and do my thing. So as soon as that week was over, that show was Saturday, that Sanderson Center show. Yeah. Monday night, I was in a bar doing... A nothing show to four people that didn't give a damn, all new material, just fucking, I had to go suck again, because I didn't do that set for like a month or two after that, like, I just had to go suck a dick for a while, and just do nothing, and talk about what was going on in my life, because that was just... It happened, and now it'll never happen well, that's again. What, that's what comedy is up and down, you know, up and down. Yeah, well, that's what I, I saw. I was watching a documentary about uh, Big Star. You know the band Big Star? Do you know that? No. No? <laughs> well, Big Star, there's a documentary. It's on Netflix. It's about, it's, uh, about the band called Big Star, and they were like a band from Memphis in the early 70s, and they wrote some music that was probably about a good 10 years ahead of their time. And uh, they became huge with within the uh, the uh, music writer community, okay. um, and they 
they really became like uh, the point where they were named by Rolling Stone. Like all Rolling Stones named their three albums to be part of the top 50 albums of all times to come out of the United States. And uh, they were commercially commercially uh, unrecognized. Yeah. Like they never had the commercial success, but critically they were hugely acclaimed and became huge influences for like R.E.M., The Flaming Lips, uh, uh, a lot of uh, Cheap Trick uh, plays. You know that 70s show song mm -hmm. at the beginning of the oh, show? Yeah. That's a big star song that Cheap Trick covered. Oh, wow. And uh, so... Big Star was a, I guess they were, I, I just found out about them watching this documentary, but um, amongst the music's uh, writers and stuff like that, these people were as big as the Beatles in that era because they were doing something so fresh and unique. And, uh, and but they inevitably ended up being uh, unknown, even though their, their art was really great. And uh, one of the persons in that movie had a, a quote, it said, lack of success forces you deeper within yourself and that's better for art, right? And that uh, you kind of mentioned it there where you said you had a, a certain level of success, so you wanted to ground yourself. Or, uh, do you think that if you get, and this was the thing about last week with the Haitian Dwarf not liking her show with me and my wife and stuff like that. I, th I got to thinking about myself, like, is it, pos is it harder to be good at what you do when things are going well? Like, I don't think many people want to hear me and my wife saying we have a good marriage. It's not funny. You know what I mean? It's not. It's not funny. If we had a tough time and we were arguing all the time, it would be more interesting for people than if we just love each other and like, uh, like it, if you're. It's like a, some people say a good-looking comic can't be funny because they got too much going for them. The crowd won't think the crowd won't feel like any empathy for them or whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or do you think if you had a, a or another good example is like, uh, like where you see a musician that's hungry and starting out. Or a comic that's hungry and starting out, and then all of a sudden they achieve some level of success, and all of a sudden then they become like uh, they, they, they don't they don't they don't appeal to the masses anymore because yeah. they're uh, they're yeah they're just living a whole different way or yeah not hungry anymore yeah not hungry anymore and they lose that edge they get the, the Elvis syndrome yeah mm. where they're just yeah exactly where they're like playing racquetball and yeah doing kung fu yeah but I, I think you always have to be hungry there's always you could always do better and you could always go back and take what that like that was just another day for me like it was the biggest show i've ever done but it was another fucking day and i knew it wasn't going to be that every day after that it was going to go back to being what it was a week before that and because that was such a shitty week in my life i kind of just well that was a good thing but I had to go back to living my shitty life for the next day. It's the same reason I had to move out of Toronto, move back to Otterville, get a job in fucking a box, fucking lifting shit up and putting it <laughs> down, because you got to still make money. But I'm still going to go out and put gas in my car and tell jokes every day. Same reason Brayden's still going to sit on a front porch and play guitar every night. Like, you can... You just do it because you got to do it, right? You almost yeah. gotta, You almost got to ignore the bigger things like you gotta like kind of like okay just sweep it off in a way just right. to uh kind of remain you know hungry to do it you gotta you can't be like oh this is the you know i'm playing for what, like 2400 people or something like that you kind of got to have the same attitude as if you're you know right. five drunk guys in a right about right. it just mentally and yeah. if you were and like for like for you you have your uh, mccartney years gig mm. which is probably your steady yeah, it's, like, it's, it pays the bills, kind of. Thing. Right, and then you have your other side projects where you can still flex your yeah, creative. creative muscles. Exactly, right? yeah. And is that what uh, keeps you hungry? Maybe flexing you know, your creative 
Oh yeah, absolutely. Outside, right? yeah, this, that new thing I was talking about, cats. Yeah. It's just we get together and we jam and that, yeah. and we try and sometimes there's you know like a loose structure of something, and then it's throw some parts in and you know kind of see what yeah. happens. So it lets kind your of, creative side out a bit more. Yeah, it kind of brings it's not that so structured. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Because because for both of you, it must be a, like a, a matter where you have to try to balance the the pull between like making like commerce and art. Yeah, you know where you have to still pay bills, but you want to do this mm-hmm. would you say for the both of you like when you um when you as fans I, I started asking this question before but as fans of the genres that you are a part of uh did you ever look at the best people in your field and do you look at them and say like they're something special and different from me or do you look at your, look at them and say like that's what i'm meant to do that's a tough one um can you repeat that again? I just got to hear it. Like, when you look at someone, like, if you look at, like, let's say you're watching someone that's, like, a master in the Paul craft. Paul McCartney. That you're, Paul McCartney. <laughs> yeah. And you look at them and you say, like, like, do you say, like, they're a product of, like, like uh, circumstance as far as timing? Or do you think that they're, they're, like, or do you think they're a special human that's got a talent that's beyond what a regular dude, like, what, it, like yourself? It, it all depends on who it is. I think every instance is different. Like, with the Beatles and that, it was they ended up being immense talents in that and right. like later on you can really tell like the early stuff is pretty you know like yeah. of what was kind of going on a little bit yeah already but once they started getting you know in the studio and that they would kind of do their own thing and take it over and have more creative control but i think a lot of it probably had to do that they were you know paul's a cute guy and then there's a, you know a million girls screaming right and, and that was, so that probably helped bring them up too but so it's it's hard but, to but not even about commercial success but like about the uh the art of it like about the ability to, to make that sort of music and be as um accomplished like is that a goal or is that a uh, is that something that's for someone that's not like it's that, that it, some, would be, it would be great but it's not i don't think a lot of people have that as their main like focus is to be like the very very best or sell this many yeah. especially now yeah. no like, you, I mean, you got to do what you do right yeah. it's got to be true to who you are and as dumb as that sounds it's like i'm never gonna be patrice o'neill but patrice o'neill was patrice o'neill that's what he was yeah, yeah. and like say with like george carlin i have to say brandon dekuman told me who george carlin was in grade <laughs> 10 fucking math class oh yeah <laughs> and like like there's a reason why we're here together today like this is like you just have to do what you want to do just to do it that's yeah. that's the simplest way to fucking say it well how long have you guys been friends for we met in grade nine grade, grade nine i want to say gym class when you had no broken, when you had oh yeah leg. i know i never did gym class in high school i managed to get past that because i had a broken leg yeah and uh, grade nine gym and then uh by the time my leg was healed we were in the health class and learning about fucking STDs and stuff. <laughs> so Valuable information. I fucking, I did the health portion past fucking grade nine gym and I never did gym again in high school. I'm not an athlete. They should guy. do a course on how to get laid and then give you the course on the STDs. Yeah. Because otherwise it's not, it's useless knowledge, right? Like, how I'm, am I going to know what to stay away from unless I know how to get it? But like, I've known, I've known Braden forever <laughs> and when you say Braden's a professional musician, which he is, yeah, it's not a surprise to me because I've known Braden and like yeah that makes sense. I used to go to the music room at lunchtime and listen to him fucking play Ramon songs while I tried to sing fucking California Beach or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> fucking, like 
I, I was actually the first singer of the Red Party Pirates. Let's get that Were you really? cleared up right now. Were you? You're the original. Uh, little known fact. Little known fact. I fired from the band. No, not fired. I don't, not think, I don't think enough. he showed up after that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't really remember. They didn't want to be a Ramones cover band, and then I true. left. <laughs> I, I left because of creative differences. <laughs> because they didn't want to be a Ramones cover band. <laughs> we were playing like Grateful Dead and stuff, I remember back then. <laughs> and, and then I left, and then the greatness that came after that. But when mm. you say Braden's a musician, that doesn't surprise me, because that's what Braden did best. Right. And yeah, it definitely wasn't math. Yeah. No. Well, that's that's the thing too, right? It's like how do you like you you eventually know like uh, the the way that the you know when you're in the school system and you see a guidance counselor, no guidance counselor is going to say you'd be really great at being on the road all the time. <laughs> our, out our, bars. Our, our, our high school, yeah. Our high school didn't even have a fucking drama class. How was I supposed to try to be a fucking stand-up? Yeah. And then I figured out film and stuff and tried to do it that way. But, like... But even I, if they did, like, they're not going to tell you to be... No, they're going to tell you to be a fucking welder and go work in a factory to learn how to grow tobacco. Yeah, like, I was that, told to be a bus driver. That which was is, my... Which but is great. told me to be a bu- bus driver. <laughs> like, I love the fact really that you didn't... Up. The yeah. fact <laughs> that you didn't have to start high school until the end of harvest in October was great. Yeah. <laughs> like, get that paper sign that you're working in tobacco. I don't have to go to high school until the end of fucking October. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I went to a city school because it was Catholic and they didn't understand. I was like, I'd show them my hands. They were covered in tobacco tar. I'm like, yeah, I'm working. I fi- I filled the kill by one. I'm here at class at one thirty. What's your problem? Yeah. You know? yeah, showing up to class at one covered in fucking dirt tobacco tar is natural or I'm not gonna go to class in the afternoon. Yeah, yeah. That's a Tired. real local thing. Other than that, they don't it's not really universal as I found out. Yeah. Yeah. It's not at all. Well, anyways, uh one thing I, I really appreciate you having having you on. We're already getting pretty long on the show. Before I go, I just want to talk about one off the wall topic, if you don't mind, just to close the show. Sure. We had a whole bunch of stuff in the fishbowl we never got to because we had such a great talk. But We could keep talking forever. Okay, well, I want to talk to you because I have a fascination <laughs> lately uh, about um, killing animals. Like, killing <laughs> killing animals. I, I have, because I murder animals all the time. <laughs> And uh, and I don't uh, and I don't feel good about it. Like I oh, feel like I feel guilt about it, right? Like uh, and I think it's because of my uh, my uh, sensitive nature, right? Is that I realize that 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 there's a consequence to me killing that animal, but I also my farming uh, upbringing leads me to believe it's sometimes the right thing to do. And this week we had a chipmunk in our house, right? We had a chip a chipmunk in our house, and he's been there for probably months. To be honest with you, but we found his nest in our basement in a little back closet. And uh, my cat, I have a cat named Larry, and I know Paul's like when I talk about my cat, he thinks that's terrible. And uh, but I have a cat named Larry, and uh, we are in the basement. We see this chipmunk running through, and uh, we know we have company coming over the next day. So I put, uh, we, we see the chipmunk running in, I scare it out of its nest that I found and he runs in this bedroom. So we seal off the bedroom with towels and I throw my cat in the room and I say, Larry, this is why we pay you, <laughs> you know, you get fed so you can fucking deal with this. Cause I don't know what to do with a chipmunk, right? It's in my house. I don't know how to do it. You know, P- I want to respect PETA in every way I can, but, uh, I don't know how to do it. And uh, he's, I feel like I've been invaded by a by someone's invaded my home. If, uh, if if you were to shoot a human being that invaded your home, Dave, you 
in the you would receive pity from most of the public because there's like some guy invaded your home but when you club a chipmunk to death with a hockey stick in your basement <laughs> no the Pete is after you right i was gonna say if uh if you use an animal to kill an animal then peter should be okay because it's kind of natural that's right Trickle. that's right dave Trickle, okay. that's exactly what my thinking was because i thought if i was to kill an animal i would be fine and they were saying well it's different because that animal uh that animal that had no cho- like you c- couldn't protect couldn't kill couldn't protect yourself i said what if a lion entered your house or mountain lion entered your house hey. and you killed the mountain lion uh, everyone would say, well, he's a hero to his family because so, that mountain lion would eat his children, right? Mm-hmm. But uh, you kill a chipmunk, a chipmunk can't kill your children. So you would just be a big bully murdering a chipmunk, right? But a cat, a cat, it's within his nature to kill a chipmunk, right? Mm-hmm. So I put the cat in the room and said, do your fucking job, Larry. Kill the chipmunk, right? Hours went by. It was very, We had a kid on watch listening for sounds, right? <laughs> so this chipmunk. And then I went away to town. I think to buy a case of beer or something. And then uh, I come back to what happened with the chipmunk. Oh, there was a big scuffle. Larry, I think, killed it. But the chipmunk has disappeared. We think it's gone is the, is the comment I got. We think it's gone. It's gone. So If you don't have a corpse, the chipmunk is not gone. Right, it's but by this time, it's too late. The guests have arrived in our house. They're going to be spending the night in our house in our basement where the chipmunk lived. <laughs> we don't tell them. We don't tell them. Great party, the Diggers with Attitude celebrating their C Division Championship. BWA. What a team. Yeah, it was a great team. Great team. Anyways, the chipmunk's in my fucking house. And uh, so the next day we wake up, my my brother-in-law's over, sleeps the night with a chipmunk. And in the morning we see him running through the basement again, right? So he wants hockey sticks in a bad way, right? The cat is taking a nap now. The chipmunk's running around the whole basement, and we're trying to whack it with hockey sticks. And uh, the cat, I think, has been giving it food for months. It's like a Tom and Jerry thing. This cat loves the chipmunk. He can't understand why we have a problem with this guy. He's been in the house for two months. He's been eating my cat food. We've been sharing a bowl together. What the hell is your problem, eh? Outside, he murders animals all the time, brings in birds and all this. I'm pretty sure he brought in that chipmunk after wringing his neck for two hours in the... In the garden, and then, yeah, and now he won't kill the chipmunk. So we're beating around with hockey sticks. All my children, I'm telling them to run defense. We got to shorten the room, shorten the room, create a Box wall, it up. Box it up. create a wall. We have to get this thing out. Finally, a good wrist shot out the door to the garage. The old chipmunk was free, right? But I felt kind of bad, right? The other day, I was at, at my pool because I, I kill a lot of chipmunks in my pool. Ch- chipmunks. Like historically, if you think about chipmunks, the way they're portrayed in the media, right? They're they're singing, they're singing, they're 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 either wily, like uh, um, they're either wily, like uh, uh, and the Looney Tunes, the chipmunks were like uh, clever, like British, right? And they would like outsmart everybody and store nuts in the drawers and like create the uh, ruckus, right? But they were like everyone would cheered for the goddamn chipmunks, Chip and Dale on Disney. You cheer for those chipmunks. They're like a hilarious duo or something. The dumb one and the smart one or whatever, right? One of them had red eyes. One had black eyes. One had red eyes. One had black. Chip had black eyes. Dale had red eyes. That's Uh, correct. No, red nose. Red nose, black nose. That's what it was. Not eyes. Whiskey drinking. eh? Yeah, whiskey drinking Dale. He's he's so dumb. (laughs) Oh, Alvin and the chipmunks are like a singing, uh, you know, a delight for children, right? And the girls. But in real life, chipmunks are like are horrible and disgusting. They're like a rat. Yeah. But they're cute and portrayed like cute in the media. So when you club it to death with a hockey stick, 
you f- you're made to feel like a villain, right? Where if it was a rat, if it was a, if it was a rat and I killed a rat with a baseball bat, which, which I've been with someone that's done that when it's entered someone's house as an invader, they've clubbed it with a baseball bat and a blunt end till it's like the gut start coming out of its mouth type of thing. <laughs> and that is uh, considered to be like bad, right? Like for, but people let it go because a rat, it's a dirty rat, Don't right? But a chipmunk, it's got that little stripe on its back. It's okay, right? Fancier tail. Yeah. <laughs> It's fancier tail. I killed a baby squirrel the other day, and uh, <laughs> and that would be a sure scene wrong. I saw on, on uh, CTV News one morning, they showed this uh, guy from Toronto, this poor bastard. He like caught a chipmunk in a live trap, and uh, not a chipmunk, uh, a raccoon, a raken. Raken. Yeah, a raken. He caught a, a, a raccoon in his uh, in a live trap, and he brought it to Lake Ontario to the pier, and he like dumped the the cage in the ground and drowned the 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 uh raking. the ra- raking and then uh and then he pulled it up and it was caught on a camera and they showed it on the news and they Ooh. they gave a warning saying that this could like be sensitive to yeah, some people who would see it and then they they got that guy right but we were watching it and i'm sure if uh, most of the people down and uh the 519 <laughs> you know we were watching it we were like what else are you supposed to do with it he's invading your lot your little piece of the earth exactly like we're an a- we're all animals, right? Pam we're- Anderson's gonna pull in here tomorrow in her Escalade and just like <laughs> that was a brutal move. <laughs> little Pepsi, little antifreeze. <laughs> yeah, it gets rid of them. And all, none of no one bat an eyelash of that, a murder and something like that. Mm. But uh, but it, sorry, what were you saying, David? Pam I interrupt Anderson's you. Coming. Pam Anderson, she doesn't like it. Animals. Uh, Right, right, but the, right maybe show an areola. But I look at it. If I have a lot on the earth, I only have one acre of the earth. The whole earth that I live on, I have one acre, and I'm an animal. And if I was a if I was a lion in the bush, and uh, some animal that I didn't want in my space came in and I murdered it, nobody would judge me at all. But I'm a human, and I can't. If a if a chipmunk enters my space, I feel I have the right to murder it, because it's uh it's my space. He should stay out of it. And that's why I hired a, I killed an assassin like a, my cat to kill that sort of stuff. And that's his job. That's the only reason I have him. And you should be able to keep yourself free of those pests you don't like. It's a good thing you're not in the NFL or you'd get fired probably. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want to drown a dog or a, or a cat that kills animals. But after he failed to kill that chipmunk, after he was in there, I tell you. He really I, let you down. Time for a dog, Pete. I didn't know what to do. Well, the dog wouldn't kill a chipmunk either. My dog killed a bird this week. First kill. First kill? First kill ever. It was one of those birds that's like just ready to fly, but it can't quite fly yet. (laughs) A chicken? A red wing. It's like a robin, like a like a teenager robin, you know, that it's got the feathers but doesn't know how to use them. (laughs) He was proud as punch. It's teenager season for the robins. Yeah. They're all out. I've dragged a few robins out of my deck from a dog. We had a bird brought right into our basement by our cat. Which is why we don't use our cat door anymore because he brings in birds into our basement, and uh, it was just squawking down in the basement. And my wife caught it, and the kids with a bucket and a old cereal box they put it underneath, and they could catch the bird out, and they released it in the forest to be eaten by probably our cat. Yeah, <laughs> but he wasn't allowed to bring it in anymore. The cock. Yeah. What's in the fishbowl? We're not doing it anymore because we're already at an hour and a half, so we didn't have to do it. But what is in the fishbowl? We were going to talk about a few subjects. Uh, if you wanted to, but we're pretty much done. We're getting strict time limit. The one, the one thing that I'm going to give to you, Tyler, because you said it 
at the beginning, and it was one of the subjects in the fishbowl, and we've never gotten to it over the past three weeks on Life from the Dutch Hall, but we've been meaning to, is the end of the Dave Letterman era, right? Right, that was just a couple weeks ago. Just a couple weeks ago. We had the end of Dave Letterman as uh, one of the great talk show, great late-night hosts of all time. Yeah, Letterman was really, really dear to my heart, and everybody's, I think. I was, I was plagued by terrible nightmares as a child. Terrible nightmares plagued my dreams. <laughs> that this day would soon come? No, not that this day would come, just of like, you know, my endless demise and dying as a child. And Letterman, <laughs> how did Letterman tie in with the, your demise? Well, I, I would I would wake up screaming in a panic, you know, I would be screaming in a panic. Yes. And then I would, I would get to go watch Letterman with my father, and that's where I first saw a bunch of comedians I'd never seen before as a young child, and I saw a bunch of musical acts that I'd never seen before, and the top tens, and, I, and then I would just fake nightmares just so I could go watch Letterman with my old man, you know? <laughs> right, right. I get to go watch Letterman with my old man and stay up late on a Thursday night and see what the top ten list was. So, Do any acts stand out in particular that you remember on Letterman? As being like uh, uh, where he introduced them to you? He uh, broke the act? I, I'm a huge Norm MacDonald fan. I definitely see Norm on Letterman as a kid and later on in life and even watching YouTube clips. And then his last appearance uh, on the last week of Letterman was phenomenal. A great, great set. He teared up. And then seeing Jerry Seinfeld do his first set on Letterman later, it was great. And just, uh, I don't know, I felt like Letterman was just the edgy guy that would just, he would, he was a comic doing a late night show. He wasn't a, like, you know, Leto was a comic, but then he became a late night guy. I right. think Letterman always remained a comic. He always remained a stand-up comedian doing his show. You know, yeah, yeah. it was it was a a big Letterman fan. He he broke his uh, his segments and doing the film stuff that he would do on the streets and stuff like it was that, groundbreaking. Yeah, that was that was what I grew up doing. Was like the first stuff I would do was with cameras and just going out and bugging people with a camera. You know, and yeah. Letterman was always good at that. So I was when he did the last week there a couple weeks ago was. Uh, you know, big for me. I watched it all. It was stupid because I watched it all on YouTube. I didn't watch it on a TV. Like yeah. Letterman, it's supposed to, you're supposed to see Letterman on a TV, not on YouTube. But that, that's the world we live in now, you know? <laughs> I don't get TV. I got the YouTube. You know, I steal the neighbor's Wi-Fi when the kids are asleep. Yeah, that's right. And so I want, you know how Johnny Carson used to be the, the, one, at, the one show, if you wanted to go on the Tonight Show with Johnny Carson and you did your stand-up act, and he called you over to the couch. It would make your career. It would like you would all. Does it happen? Anymore. It doesn't happen anymore. But when Letterman did it, he would still make people aware of comics that weren't before. And if you wanted to like really launch your career and you got a spot on Letterman, you it was it was like of that era. Once Johnny Carson was gone, Letterman was a place where right. the the comics could break their career. Now that's left. I don't know if Seth. Myers is going to have the same kind of like clout that I don't think it happens for anyone anymore. Like that letter. Who's the place where comics would want to go? I don't know. Conan always puts on great comics. He puts on good uh, Toronto comedians. Uh, DJ Demers was just on there. He won the Just for Laughs Homegrown last year in Montreal. It was great. He's actually in London next week and and doing the Poacher's Arms on a Monday night, which is. I've been to that gig. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, 
you know, you can't get a TV show from doing a Conan's five minute spot, but people will still know who you are. You know, John Doerr's been on Conan a bunch of times. Yeah. And John Doerr's one of my favorite comedians from Canada and just one of my favorite comedians. So I think Conan's really putting comedians on every week. I think uh, this Fallon. Kimmel? Kimmel puts on comedians. Is Fallon yep. still put on some comedians? I don't notice it as much. It's not but as you prevalent. Can't, you can't make a career anymore like you could back no, in no, the no. 90s and the 80s. And Literally, stuff. you got a Tonight Show gig and you would be rich. Yeah, after you Ray Romano. It happened yeah. to him. He told that story on Letterman on the last week of Letterman there. Yeah, yeah. You know, it happened to a bunch of people. Seinfeld, Seinfeld. Seinfeld made a living off it, yeah. But yeah. now that's gone. And now you make your own living. It's no, you, the, the game's you gotta, changed. You got to have a web show and a YouTube channel and still that's going nowhere. Periscope? Whale pranks. <laughs> Whale pranks. But even guys like, like Rogan and that. Like I've seen Tom Segura's one guy. He just listening and he was on. He's hilarious. And I went and seen him. Hamilton. Yeah. I wouldn't known him. from. There was probably two or probably four. Four comedians. That's where you hear yeah, about comedians though. Yeah. Podcasts. Yeah. Because it's, it's the best venue for him to get like... Uh, because you got free form ideas and stuff like that, and yeah. people can talk about things that you can't otherwise, and you get a chance to actually. And it's super long, like it's like a you know Rogan's is what like three and a half, four hours. Yeah, sometimes, but and it's, it's just still you can... like does does a comic want a TV show right now? Like, what's a TV show? It's no different than doing what we're doing right now. It's no, no one diff- wants a TV show. Right exactly. Now. No, why well, would you? I would love a TV show. <laughs> I've pitched TV shows, but like, I would rather just you do what you do because you love it, and that's why I do whale pranks, and that's why I do stand up, and that's why we do. You're doing what you're doing now. That's why Brandon plays guitar every night in a fucking wigs cover band. <laughs> like, it was said with a little bit of. Uh, Maybe a little bit of uh, dissension. I don't know. It was something. <laughs> I love wigs. I love, I'd rather just see you just play wigs than Paul. I got to see Paul McCartney, which I feel we have, we go. we have to bring this. I know we're an hour and a half in, and this yeah. is another hour and a half conversation because I've seen Paul McCartney, and you play in a Paul McCartney cover band, and you haven't even seen the fella. That's all right. Was there a law on that, though? No, there isn't. Have a you law. seen the Ringo Starr All Star Band? No, no. But I've seen many DVDs, and I've seen, I've got like all the albums and that. Like, I don't need to see him live now. He's not as good as he was back then, back right. in the day. I did, that's the thing. When I saw him live, it was okay. Yeah. I was. Which drunk. tour did you see him on? Do you remember? It wasn't even. I saw him at the Bonnaroo Music Festival right oh, after right, Wu Tang right. Clan. Everyone's <laughs> throwing W's in the crowd, like Shiba Shiba Oh, fucking Wu Tang Clan, and then. <laughs> Fucking great impression. Yeah, shubba shubba ya. The whole crowd. No, that was the first time I ever heard of the Wu Tang Clans. <laughs> they have a comedy. You stage. should never be a clan of any sort. <laughs> what I hear about clans. Clans doesn't sound good. You don't want to join a clan. It's like joining a cult, right? Wow. There's you don't probably some pro- good clans. What's the difference between a clan and a cult? I don't think it's. We're all parts of a clan, I think. You know, well, your, I'm your whole, family's I'm a clan. I'm Scottish. I'm part of a clan. Like for you a guys, like clan. <laughs> not the Wu-Tang Clan. <laughs> like Tyler, your fans, the like at, at, at the level of uh, of uh, fans that you have now, like you know, like you. If, if <laughs> hey, one sitting right here. Yeah, right there. Yeah. So would would one fan be considered a cult following? No. How many people to determine a cult following? Like, would you need hundreds or thousands, or what's the deal to become a cult? Or is it just the like the significance of the emotion that your that your fans have? I think it's just relevant, isn't it? Like we were saying before, like the yeah little person to giant thing. 
Yeah, it all comes back to the midgets. I have a call to the midgets that follow me around. I think if the su- if the if the quality of the material is good enough, even if you had like ten people right. that listen to it, it would be a cult following. Because yeah, to the, be a cult, it needs to be not uh, pop. It has it's to like, be good. cult is like anti-pop, right? It has to be not what everyone else is doing. It has to be something that is unique to your collection of cultists that no one else really gets. That appeals to a community that's distinct. How yeah, about that? That's right. But what about like, somebody like Lady Gaga, for instance? Like She's, her fans are, you know, pretty. I don't know if rabid's the right yeah, word, yeah. but oh, but, 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 but she's yeah. yeah, but she's huge at the yeah. same time. But yeah. there are cult it's kind of, fans. Yeah, you're right. Right, right. So it's the more of the connection versus the numbers. Yeah, I think it's more of like how into passionate. it you are. Or yeah, yeah, passionate. Yeah, it's how deep the connection is. Yeah, yeah. Like absolutely. Yeah, there's a certain. It's like a certain following, like. Uh, like, la- it's like when dead I, when heads. you say yeah, when you say Lady Gaga, I think uh, yeah, deadheads are like uh, Marilyn Manson, yeah, that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. right? Like it's a certain. Cult it's the amount of obsession and our yeah. amount of. Yeah, that's the thing. Anyways, and we... how many other people are obsessed with you, Braden? With me? Yeah. Uh, not many that I know of. Four or five. Four, maybe. <laughs> four or five, at least. Yeah. See, that's, that's a cult following, I think. Mm. Because I have four or five, will probably tell four or five more, and maybe like one will f- keep on. I, I then... tell everyone I see, and maybe one day one will be a woman. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, no, it will be a grand day. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'd like to thank my guests, Tyler Shasma and, and uh, Braden Decuman, for it. coming in today. Uh, if you'd like to see uh, Braden, he's got a bunch of gigs coming up, and. Uh, we got to plug him. He's going to be playing at, and a lot of times in Grand Bend. Uh, yeah. But also in uh, North Bay. Yeah, North Bay, uh, London at the Grand Theater on June 18th, uh, Grand, Bend, Grand Bend Beach on July 1st with McCartneyers, and then two more Grand <laughs> ones in Grand Bend with my other band, Cats, June 28th and July 1st. Thank you for coming in. And Tyler, where can people find you? Uh, I'm going to be in London on June 20th for the Father's Day show at Jimbo's Pub and Eatery on Commissioner's Road. And that's a Father's Day show at 7 bucks. I think. It's going to be a fun show. I'm headlining. And then Whale Pranks, official Whale Pranks on YouTube. That's where all my films and videos are. And then I didn't get to plug this enough, but TooFar.TV is a great Canadian uncensored comedy outlet. And uh, they're doing great things for people like Darren Frost and Kenny Hotz and Tom Simmons and just Canadian uncensored TV. The Rosa Ron Jeremy's coming out oh, soon. Oh, great, yeah. And it's going to be on TooFar.TV, and I do a lot of work for those guys, so check them out. Awesome, and I'm uh, Pete Van Dyke. You can always follow me at Live from the Dutch Hall. Dutch Hall on Twitter. You can like Life like from the Dutch Hall on Facebook. Uh, if you'd like to reach out and give me some feedback on any of our shows or what you think we can do to make the show better, go to live from the Dutch Hall at gmail.com. Uh, you can request me to come to your town on eventful.com, which we've got people from Portugal and San Francisco and Simcoe so far. <laughs> so we've got, uh, we're almost to the numbers we need to get going to those places. We might be going to Portugal, boys. What do you think? And then, uh, but otherwise, uh, we will see you next week, everybody. See you next Thursday, C-U-N-T. Hit it, boys. All right, guys. Thanks a lot. Hey, man, that was fun. That was easy. Oh, I got to piss. We can do a second show. We'll do it after.
so fast. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. I got to squeak whenever you guys were doing the intro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You're at an advantage over us because you pissed halfway through the show.